Welcome to Bang the Table Talks, a podcast that discusses the evolving world of community engagement. Explore and learn with us as we host conversations with leaders in community engagement, stakeholder consultation, and public participation. We'll discuss current trends, best practices, as well as tips, tools, and ideas for better engagement programs. Welcome, everybody, to today's podcast from Bang the Table. My name is Dan Popping, and uh, I'm an engagement manager uh, with the organisation. I've worked uh, in the community engagement sector for about over 15 years now, mostly in the government sector, but also in the not-for-profit area as well. And during this time, I guess I've seen a fairly large shift in how organisations are starting to take a much more considered and strategic approach to community engagement in their organisation. These uh, companies seem to take a lot more care in how they actually start to build internal capacity and capability, and that in turn helps them to plan and promote and run their engagement activities a lot more effectively. But there seems to be a, a fairly strong intent, I guess, to overall increase involvement with people and with clients that are being impacted by a decision or interested in an upcoming uh, opportunity that they can get involved in. And so people naturally don't uh, just get involved. They need to be told and helped to understand uh, what the problem is and then being given different uh, opportunities to uh, actually express their thoughts and concerns and, and unpack some of those ideas. So today's podcast is all about exploring the importance of having an overarching document or some kind of engagement framework to help with your organisation. In a moment, we're going to be chatting with Jane Paul Bell from the City of Mandurah, who has been doing some very interesting work in Western Australia around shifting and changing the way they do engagement in that local council area. But before we dive into have a bit of a chat about the work that's happening in the City of Mandurah, I wanted to kind of outline what I mean by an engagement framework. So when I talk about an engagement framework, essentially I'm talking about the high-level aspiration and activities that actually guides an organisation. It's about the things that need to be in place to help support best practice. So usually this includes both internal and external aspects so that organisations can be a lot more meaningful in what they do and that customers then have a clear expectations around their role and what kind of level of influence they can have. So in my observations and my time working in the field, what I've noticed is that engagement frameworks often contain or reference a number of key components. And in my experience, there's kind of five that I've grouped together today that I want to sort of talk to you a little bit about. So the first one, uh, the first key component is around governance. And this often refers to a public-facing formal policy that may outline the legislative requirements that an organisation has, but usually there's some kind of statement of intent or some guiding principles that will be outlaid for everyone to be able to see. And sometimes it also includes definitions and different levels of engagement to help manage expectations. So quite often in this government component, I will see people refer to the IFP2 spectrum to help define different levels uh, of activities that people can get involved in. Uh, Some kind of definitions around language and what we mean by different words that are used in that space. And also the must-haves, so the legislative requirements that need to be undertaken in certain um, uh, cases and and certain projects. The second major component uh, that I hear a lot about and see is around the capability and support that's provided to staff. So this is looking very uh, internal in the organisation and may include things like uh, formal staff training, uh, peer support networks and systems that are put in place. 
It might actually be internal processes and toolkits and guides that staff can use. And it's really about building the capacity of an organisation and different members of staff across that organisation so that they can deliver good practice engagement. The third major component would be around a process. And what I mean about a process is a process that helps staff to critically plan, deliver, and then report on their engagement projects. So sometimes this can be a separate process that staff undertake to map out who is impacted by a decision, the types of tools that they may use to engage with community, and therefore the people that are associated or impacted by that decision. However, sometimes I see these processes can also be connected to existing processes within organisations such as project management systems or other alike. The fourth component, which is a, quite a big one that I see particularly working at Bang the Table, is some kind of central portal, a one-stop shop, if you like, for your community. So rather than having to go to a variety of different places to find information about what's taking place, there's some kind of online space where the public can learn more about engagement and actually choose the different projects that they'd like to participate in. The other important aspect of this portal is not only about collecting data and listening to the community, but it's about closing the loop and reporting back to the community about what you've heard, all the different things that need to be considered before a final decision is made. And that central portal becomes open and transparent and is helped to build trust with the community because they can actually see the value of getting involved in and contributing to formal engagement projects. And the last component I see in an engagement framework is around continuous improvement. So this is all about checking in and seeing how you're going and where you're at as an organisation. It may include some evaluation, some formal or informal processes, talking to staff around what else they may need to support them in their roles, developing case studies to pick up learnings around what works and what doesn't, and maybe even reviewing your policy and seeking feedback directly from your local community about how you're going in community engagement. So just in quick summary, the five key areas I see in engagement frameworks include governance, capability and support, process, some kind of central portal, and continuous improvement. So with those five components in mind, today I'm actually speaking with Jane Polbell from the city of uh, Mandurah. Uh, this particular council in Western Australia has really been on a journey in the last 12 months to shift the needle in how the council and the staff engage with their community. And so before we dive in a little bit, Jane, I'm wondering if you could just introduce yourself to everybody and tell us about the role that you're currently playing in your organisation. Hi, Dan. Um, I'm actually the Manager of Corporate Communications here at the City of Mandurah um, and the scope of that role, I guess, covers everything from media, internal comms, marketing and design um, and community engagement with particular focus on high impact citywide projects. Um, and we also, um, I guess, provide advice and support to the rest of the organisation um, in regard to engagement projects. Fantastic. So um, you and I have spoken a couple of times around the work that you've been doing. I'm just wondering if you can perhaps tell our listeners a little bit more about your framework and, and what you're hoping to achieve with this document. We actually developed a framework probably two years ago now. And the, the idea of the framework was to actually embed community engagement in everything that we do, in particular to regard to any project, no matter how big or small, um, and to ensure that the council is open and accountable in our decision making our resource management and expenditure. So 
it has been a journey. When we developed the framework, we worked with our exec team, we worked with our elected members, and it was based on feedback that we had from our community um, when we developed up our community plan, 20-year community plan in 2016. So it has been based on what the community said to us, and now we've just formally, I guess, embedded it across the organisation. Um, we have worked on some very large projects beforehand, Certainly in 2012 to 2016, we had to build a bridge and we really worked hard on the IAP2 framework and actually proved its worth, which therefore made it a lot easier to develop up the, the strategy and framework to get sign off from council. Fantastic. So it sounds like, you know, the work that you've been doing over the years too, that community is starting to actually sort of seek out and want um, I guess, um, more opportunities to get involved. Do you think that's fair to say now that you've done some projects in the community? Yeah, absolutely. The community, our community seems to be becoming more and more engaged with any projects that we're working on. They, they're quite passionate about where they live. You know, this city area is actually an interesting one in the fact that we're, uh, everyone, whilst it's seen as a holiday town, everyone's really embedded in what actually happens within their community. They're a very connected community. Yet certainly having the more formal framework around our community engagement is certainly, I think our community are seeing the consistency in that and they're happily engaging with us now because they get to see the outcomes of what they let us know about. Fantastic. And I guess a, a key part of that is about closing the loop. And as I've sort of already mentioned about, you know, letting people know what you've heard and what you're doing. So therefore they see the value and they re-engage you and get more interested in and, and involved in uh, future projects. Yeah, and closing um, the loop is one of the ones that we're not particularly good at. And I think we, as corporate comms, we nag a lot um, in terms of actually going back out to the community and, and letting them know what the outcomes of their participation was. So sometimes we do feel like the bad cops, but people tend to forget about closing the loop. But it certainly has a real benefit for the community. Definitely. And look, you're certainly not alone in that regard. It is one of the challenges that I hear quite a lot from a number of different organisations. Everyone's really busy. You run your engagement and no longer is that one sort of, and no sooner is that one's finished that you're on to your next project. But as you've highlighted, going back and closing that loop and reminding people, uh, whether that's a month after or two months after, is, is really important. Just thinking back to your framework that you've mentioned, Jane, I'm just wondering if you could talk a little bit more in detail about maybe some of the key components of your framework and what you seem to be getting some traction with. Yeah, sure. Um, look, I guess the framework, our framework really just follows the IAP2 process and our strategy follows that as well. So everything, we've just leveraged the framework that already exists and the best practice that's already out there. And I guess just formalised it within our own council and used some of our own words um, around that. We've we've trained over 80 staff across the organisation. They have, have had a one-day training, um, which is the first course around that IAP2 offers. 80 people actually have a good knowledge of what that framework is, how it works, what tools we have to support that. So we have a number of tools, including a portal that actually Bang the Table helped us develop. Um, so it's a staff portal that um, holds all of our documents and templates and so that people can actually grab a template, they can work their way through the thinking. And a lot of people think it's a process, but as I keep saying to them, it's actually to guide your thinking and making sure that you're not forgetting anything you need to do within an engagement process. The portal also exists for others to have a look at what else is going on. Maybe there's projects that 
people have that are similar or they can take key learnings from other projects. So it is starting to build a bit of, I guess, a library in there at the moment. Uh, we also have a team of managers. There's five managers across the organisation that actually help guide some of the timing on some of our engagement projects. People do have to register their projects as far in advance as they can and, and we do a bit of a, I guess, an outlook um, in terms of what have we got coming up. So, for example, if we have three different parts of the organisation that want to do an engagement around youth and it's got the same target audience, what we'll try and do is combine those together so that we're not over-engaging because that's the other problem you can have when you have frameworks like this is people get excited about it and then we engage too much. So it's finding the balance and we have a, a little team that helps guide some of that. That's great. So, you know, some of the things I'm hearing around, you know, the portal for your community to access projects, you know, internally you've, you've established a, a team of senior managers who can sort of guide and support and give overview for the projects that are taking place. And also, you know, some training programs, a real considered approach to training your staff so that everyone has the, the understanding around that critical thinking. So, what you know, if I need to engage my community, who's my audience? What can they influence? You know, what level of influence will they have? And therefore, what might be the right tools to engage? I think is a smart move. Yeah, and Jane, right. you talked a little bit about this internal calendar. I'm just wondering if you could expand a little bit on that because it is something I know uh, a lot of engagement managers try really hard to have that sort of strategic overview around what happening and what's coming up. How do you find uh, any challenges or successes with some kind of internal calendar around engagements that are coming up? Well, I guess we're just starting to embed that across the organisation. But idea is that as we go through business planning, that everybody registered registers any project. Um, and it just has a quick questions around, you know, what's the level of engagement or how big is the project? Is it a local project? Is it a citywide project? What's the key audience? So just say, we, and what's the budget allocated to it and the timing, the proposed timing. So it's, it's just a quick Q&A that gives us then when we run a report, we can see what we've got coming up um, over the next 12 months. So it, it sort of is part of the business planning process, um, things that don't get captured in there. I also, I, I guess, run my eyes across all the business plans um, to make sure that people have actually thought about community engagement because sometimes um, some parts of the organisation are not particularly good at doing that um, and we often find out about it at the very last minute as well. So just trying to educate the organisation that actually it just takes you five minutes to do this um, and what it can do in the end is actually um, really have great benefit to your project so that we can actually help people work together and also reduce down the number of engagements that we are doing so that once again, we're not over-consulting and we're not under-consulting, but we're actually doing it in a well-thought-out way. That sounds great. And you're certainly not alone in regards to, you know, these projects that pop up at the last minute. We need to do engagement. And, you know, by having some tools and some processes and some critical thinking in, in place that's established means that you can get onto those projects, I guess, and help them out as best you can. But nothing really beats that early thinking for your engagement to make sure that you can plan adequately rather than sort of rushing and doing thing, everything at the last minute. Yeah, that's right. We still get those projects, but I guess what we try to say is if we've got 80% planned and good to go, when we when we do have things that come in late because it might be because of some funding or, you know, that, that we've actually got a little bit of space to do that and we can allocate resources appropriately. So it's very rare that we actually, I guess my team actually runs the consult. We tend to be the advisors um, across the organisation. 
what we've been doing is building capacity across the organisation so that they can run the projects on their own and we actually just act as advisors to that. So it's important for people across the organisation to embed it and that does take time because you can't just do those sorts of things overnight. Absolutely. And uh, you actually bring me to my next question, which is, you know, giving some thought about implementing a strategy like this, that it very much is a long term kind of project that, that takes time. So, you know, I'm fully aware that writing and implementing such a strategy is a, is a massive uh, undertaking. I'm just wondering if maybe you could share something that you found difficult uh, in the process that you've done so fast and how you've had to overcome that uh, difficulty to move forward. You know, when you're in a large organisation and, and you're running multiple projects each year, we still have a lot of infrastructure projects happening. You know, whilst we're still developing, we're one of the largest, fastest growing regional cities in Australia, so we still have a lot going on. Um, and I think partly it's, a, it's about making sure that people think about engagement as part of their project planning. Quite often, it actually just gets forgotten. So it's our role, and particularly my role at a manager's level, is to make sure that managers put the thought into it and I have a pretty close relationship with all managers across the organisation so I make sure that I'm talking to them about their projects and making sure that they've, they've considered community engagement amongst their project and look I think from a management team level we're really starting to get some good buy-in now so obviously that helps that really helps in terms of making sure that others and at other levels embedding it in their project management as well um, what also helps is it is actually our CEO's KPIs now. So community engagement and measuring community engagement is now a KPI of the organisation. Um, so that in itself helps you gain some momentum and, um, and, and help people understand the level of importance of actually engaging with the community, not just engaging but doing it properly and actually doing it with meaning and doing it um, with thought and therefore really seriously considering what your community says in amongst your project. Yeah, and that's amazing. Look, you've touched on a couple of really important things there. But, you know, this one around, you know, the CEO having KPIs attached, I mean, that's a real signpost that engagement is getting embedded in your organisation. You know, you've got uh, accountability at the top level right through to sort of training and support for your staff at, at the mm. bottom level. So it's good to hear. And the other interesting thing I heard, Jane, was around those internal relationships. And I know myself working in local government that often those relationships that you have across different departments and with the senior management team are really important to not only help them understand the value of engagement, but how the engagement team can potentially help other teams in the organisation deliver, deliver on, on, on their approach. And so it's that sort of collaboration and partnership that doesn't happen overnight, that actually takes time internally to, to, to get that embedded. So uh, keep up the good work. Keep up networking. <laughs> Absolutely. Keep on smiling and keep on helping others. Yeah. So maybe it's a way to finish off our, our conversation. We've, we've talked a little bit about some of the challenges that you've had, but I'm, I'm wondering if you've had a, a positive experience or a positive outcome that you've seen so far with the development of this framework. And if you could t tell us around sort of what's working well or, or what's the benefit that you've seen so far. So I think probably one of the key projects that we worked on was probably prior to actually having a framework, but we followed the IOP2 framework. And as I said, it was actually about building the bridge. Our community was very attached to their old bridge and didn't want the new bridge, but unfortunately the old bridge had to come down. 
And I think I think this was the one of the first times we really leveraged staying the table and actually that portal for our community. And we were very strict in terms of the framework that we used. It involved state government as well as private enterprise as well as us. Community engagement and comms teams from all three organisations were able to um, convince others that that was what we needed to do. Initially, we had some real angst in the community, but the outcome of a four, it was a four-year project. The outcome when we actually opened the new bridge was we had very little angst in the community. Everyone was really excited about the outcome and what what had been gained through that. And I think it's still referred to in this organisation now that when we're doing big projects, we, we need to do it like we did with the old bridge. So I think that also helps people understand that if you do it well, your community will end up supporting you and moving with you versus fighting against you. You know, We've really taken that as a key learning and we use that as our best practice example. And we are actually in the middle of a very large engagement, again, around our community visioning process. So we go into the final stages of that next week. And once again, it has been followed this framework through the T. Um, we've added some new resources and we've done some new things and we've tried out some new things and our community is really engaged in this and they've, they've loved all the things that we've done, um, including having a caravan that ran around with mandra matters or plastered all over the back of it. So we're certainly getting some really good momentum by actually following and being really true to the framework and actually, you know, working together on it because it really does work. That's fantastic. So, you know, a, a key thing too is what I'm hearing as part of embedding this in your, in your organisation is about having a key project that uh, you can demonstrate the value of that engagement, you know, the, the reasons why we stop and, and plan effectively before we deliver. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I remember hearing about the uh, the, the project with the bridge is um, how surprised maybe the organisation was to hear how much people actually love the existing bridge. So in response, and please correct me if I'm wrong, there was some kind of expression of interest where people could actually take a piece of wood or put their hand up to have some kind of memento from the bridge, which um, actually brought people along on that sort of that journey and that transition from the old bridge to the new bridge. Is that correct, Jane? I, I thought that was yeah, a really clever move that you had done. I think we're all the way through that project, um, we really engaged the community around what they wanted as part of the new bridge and you know things that they could influence and and certainly some of it was around artwork and reusing some of the timbers from the old bridge everyone thought it was a timber bridge it was actually a concrete bridge there wasn't a lot of timber on it but it kind of looked like it had a lot of timber so I think all the way through what we what we really reinforced was you said this we've given you this you said this we've given you this so the kind of final piece of it was actually, you know, allowing the community to come and collect parts of the, you know, wood that we'd managed to salvage and actually create whatever they wanted to create out of it. And we've had some amazing stories and people, you know, some young boy who just presented a, a pen to the mayor last week of something that he'd made from the old bridge and Lots of the artists have wow. used it for all sorts of things. So we are now actually collecting stories around what people have actually done with the wood. Even now, in you know, after the bridge has been up 
almost two years, we're still collecting stories and all engaging people in their history because it was a lot of their history and their culture and, you know, how they connected it to the future. So it's still a really important part of what goes on in the community. Love it. And I think that's a, that's a real success there, that this project has got longevity. People in your community were brought along in that overall change, uh, that process, and, you know, having them celebrate and recognise and, and support the new bridge, as you've mentioned, rather than being in angst and, and having concerns and et cetera, is, is the true, one of the true values, I think, of, of uh, community engagement when it's been planned effectively. And, and obviously, as we've heard today, you know, an organisation that has some kind of framework or strategy in place, that's a real considered approach. We know it's going to take time for a number of different elements and components and we've talked about a few of those today and we've um, heard some great examples of the, the work you're doing down there, Jane. So thank you very much. Were there any final words or anything, any maybe words of encouragement you could give an engagement practitioner that's starting out on their journey to change um, the way their organisation? If you're in if you're in local government, you really need to make sure you engage your elected members in the development of the framework. I think that helps support um, delivery of it, and certainly from your executive team level, it needs to actually be supported by the senior leaders and political leaders of the organisation. It's really hard to drive it if you don't have that support. Be patient because it is a slow process. So be patient, be encouraging. Don't get frustrated with people because they're, you know, they've got to do this in amongst their large projects and some of them see it as a something that's hard. So um, actually help them out and support them and then embedding will become just part and parcel of what you do. But I, I believe it will still take a couple of years, if not five years, to actually get it to be just something we do every day. Yeah, and I think they're really uh, wise words to finish um, our discussion on today around, you know, making sure you're getting that senior leadership uh, buy-in from the outset and around having patience and taking time because, you know, changing the way an organisation works it does, does take time. It takes a considered approach. It takes some fails and some wins, I think, to get that traction. It's been really good speaking with you today, Jane, and really appreciate the time that you've taken out to sort of stop and reflect on the good work that you're doing. Uh, I'd like to encourage anyone, perhaps, who's been listening today to visit uh, Mandra Matters' website or the City of Mandra's Council's website where you can find a copy of their engagement framework and policy documents there. A really interesting read that I know I've uh, got quite a lot out of. We're always happy to sit down. We're always happy to share our documents. I think uh, I've just sent WAUGA all our documents as well to share with other local governments in West Australia. So... Um, as I said, it, it, it's not something we invented ourselves and we certainly gave credit to other councils. It's all, all about sharing and if that can help someone fast track something, more than happy to help share it. Fantastic. And what a great uh, sense of collaboration and sharing, uh, as I'd like to expect with most uh, people that work in the community engagement space. Well, let's, let's wrap it up there for today. We've talked for quite a while. Uh, once again, thank you very much, Jane. I really appreciate your time. And uh, please head over and check out the City of Mandra's uh, website and great work that they're doing in the community engagement space. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to Bang the Table Talks. Join us for future conversations as we explore the capacity and insight that online engagement has to offer. Check out our other learning resources at bangthetable.com.